Amen. We have a we have a great honor. Certainly good to see again all of you in the house of the Lord. And I'm certainly privileged to have with us tonight a very good friend of mine. I had the privilege of traveling with him uh, to the country of Lebanon just a few weeks ago and uh, got to deepen our friendship and get to know him better. And he is a great preacher and he pastors a fantastic church. I believe his church is the largest apostolic church in the greater Memphis area and doing a great work for God. And he is a tremendous man of God. And I hope that you will stand to your feet and give my friend and the man of God for the hour, Brother Julio May, a great hand. Well, let's clap our hands to the Lord Jesus. He is worthy. Oh, God, we give you thanks tonight for what you're doing. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're going to do. You are great and greatly to be praised. You are great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. So honored to be here tonight. Thank you, Pastor Vasquez, for the uh, confidence and for the invitation. And just seeing the exciting things that is going on here at Bethel Church. I love your tagline. Be disciples, make disciples. That's our purpose as, as children of God. God has called us to um, make disciples. And so to do that, we have to be that. So I, I appreciate it. It's refreshing when I, when I go to a church and I see they're about the Father's business. And so to see these souls that are, have completed these courses and been baptized in Jesus' name, there's no better life than to live for God. Amen. There's no other way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so we thank God for a church that has encapsulated God's purpose and plan for humanity. And uh, I'm honored to be here tonight. And so I just wanted to say thank you so much uh, for that. And also to get, see the good saints of God here and our guests that are here. God bless you. Amen. I, I was taken aback. I've seen Pods Camp uh, as I travel uh, eastward. And I always see Pots Camp, but never, never stopped at Pots Camp. You know, it just didn't have that appeal that when I saw the sign, Pots Camp. But I just, I just hey, let me pull over. So I just I would always just kind of keep going. But as I pulled off here at Pots Camp, um, and uh, I'm traveling, and thank, thank God it was daylight. I, I don't know what, <laughs> praise God. But anyways, as I'm traveling through. And turning, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, you turn the corner, and here this is Bethel Church. My goodness, I mean, God bless what he's doing here, and thank God for the leadership. Thank God for Bishop Wilson and what he's done, and man, God's good. My goodness, God's good. And for your good pastor, good leadership, and I, I well, I already met the assistant pastor. Uh, yeah, Ellie, Sister Ellie, praise God, so that's, that's awesome. Okay, I, she got a fan. <laughs> Praise God. Well, we'll keep a close eye on that. Anyways, uh, man, God's good, isn't he? God's good. My uh, family could not join me today. Um, so they, we had two services already. And my wife said, I'll be praying for you. And I said, thank you. <laughs> so and her, her prayers are with us. And uh, also I have two daughters. And... Um, and they're doing the same. And that's why I hit it off well with your pastor because, you know, praise God. We got, both have two daughters. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. 
Amen. Have good, good, godly young ladies that love God and love the work of the Lord. And so I'm excited for what God is doing. So uh, now, now that we've got that, all that out of the way, some of you are still wondering, okay, where is this guy from? What's going on? So I'm just going to be real quick so you don't have to be thinking about that throughout the service, okay? We'll get it out of the way. Uh, born in New York City, uh, raised all over the world, and ended up in Memphis 20-plus uh, years ago. And God's just been good to us, allowed us to uh, start and to raise up a church. And we're, we're grateful and honored to be able to be there serving and uh, expecting great things to happen. Now, um, I know, I know, uh, I was already told by Brother Tucker that uh, I'm the man of the half hour. But your, your pastor gave me an extra 30 minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Appreciate that. But he said, you're the man of the half hour. So I'm going to do my best by the grace of God to, to get this done. But uh, if you don't mind, just humor me. I want to. Ready? All right. Praise God. All right. Good. Amen. I'm not good at that. I don't really take many selfies, but uh, I've understood one thing with these uh, new technology and pictures. You have to learn how to capture the moment. There are moments in life that you need to take advantage of. There are moments in life that if you don't capture it, it's going to pass and you're going to miss out on what God has for you. So as we stand tonight, I want us to go to the book of 2 Kings chapter 13. Amen. We want to begin to read there in a couple of verses, 2 Kings 13, and uh, we're going to read verses 14 through 17. Amen. The Bible says, now Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness, whereof he died. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down unto him and wept over his face and said, O oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Put thine hand upon the bow. Uh, and he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. And he said, Open the window eastward. And he opened it. And Elisha said, Shoot. And he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou have consumed them. So I just want to take uh, my title from that beginning part of verse number 17. And he said, open the window eastward. For a little while tonight, I want to preach to us on this thought, your window of opportunity. Amen. Your window of opportunity. Lord, we thank you for your word that's already anointed. Anoint our hearts and minds to receive it, and we give you all the glory and give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Your window of opportunity. So I took that opportunity to take the picture of this great congregation because I don't know if I'll have a chance at the end uh, when this is all said and done. But there are moments in our lives, opportunities that present themselves that we have to take advantage of. We can't say, well, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do it later. You know, a lot of um, uh, people that I work with in our congregation have migrated to the United States, and um, they are told in their countries that the United States is kind of like the land that flows of milk and honey. You just sweep up $100 bills off the street. It's just, man, it's just abundance. And so they're hearing these stories, and, and so they get here, 
And one man, he, he heard the story, and he got here, and uh, they took him to Walmart. And as he got out of the car, and he saw a $100 bill on the, on the ground there the, at the parking lot in Walmart. And he was going to bend down to pick it up. He said, you know what? No, I'll just start picking up tomorrow. Now, we know that that's a rare opportunity to find a $100 bill on the ground in the parking lot. But in his mind, he had, came, he had entered into the land of opportunity. He didn't take advantage of the opportunity. Amen. Someone once asked me when you, uh, they found a, a bill on the ground and they said, uh, do you, is this yours? I said, if it says in God we trust, it's mine. <laughs> Amen. Thank God. So I'm saying all this to say that there are moments in life that you have to capture. You have to take advantage of. You cannot allow that opportunity to pass. In the book of Acts chapter number 20, we see a story. I don't have time to get into all the particulars, but from verses 7 to to verse 12, it talks about a young man by the name of Eutychus. And Eutychus was in a service, hopefully not like tonight, but uh, Paul realized, uh, I only have one chance to preach. And so he preached all night long. And he was preaching. And he preached all night long. And he, he continued to preach. And Eutychus was in the service. But uh, he was sitting in the window. His window of opportunity. To hear one of the greatest evangelists, missionaries, apostles of his day. He's there in the service. And, 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 and Paul is preaching the last time he was going to be in that part of the world. And, and he's there in that service. But all of a sudden, his eyes got heavy like some of you tonight. My goodness. His eyelids started getting heavy. And he, the Bible says he fell asleep. And he fell out of the window. I just want to preach to Bethel Church. Do not fall out of your window of opportunity. When God is speaking to you, you've got to stay awake and you've got to pay attention. Don't allow, amen, your present circumstance to lull you to sleep and you miss out on what God has for you. Don't fall out of your window of opportunity. In 2 Kings chapter number 9, verses 30 through 33, we find another instance of a window of opportunity. In this case, amen, it's about a woman by the name of Jezebel. Now, we probably heard of her a time or two, never in a positive light. But now she has an opportunity. She has a chance to make things right. I'm of the persuasion that if Jezebel would have taken advantage of this window of opportunity, her story could have been a little bit different. But as uh, Jehu was coming with a mandate from God, and he is coming to bring judgment upon this wicked woman and for what she caused not only herself and her husband, but the entire nation of Israel to go through and to enter into idolatry. Amen. Now it was time to pay the piper. And so as Jezebel hears that Jehu is coming, she decides that she's just going to paint her face and she's going to get pretty and she's going to seduce Jehu. She says, you know, Jehu's just like every other guy. They fall like flies. They can't handle this. I'm too much. And so she gets all dolled up, all prettied up. And she goes to her window, which could have been a window of repentance, which could have been a window of, uh, uh, of mercy. But she gets to that window, and uh, instead of her uh, repenting, she is trying to seduce the man of God. And he just ignores her, her uh, in, innuendos. He ignores, uh, amen, uh, all, everything she has done to prepare herself to cause this man to fall. And he says, who is on my side? And who is on uh, the Lord's side? And there was uh, some guys that were, were ready and they said, we're, 
we, we, uh, we're with you, JQ. He said, push her out. And so Jezebel, instead of having the opportunity to repent and to make things right with God, instead of her humbling herself, she decided that she was going to do things her way. Amen. And she got pushed out of her window of opportunity. How many believe that God's a merciful God? Mm. Amen. God is a merciful God. The reason I'm standing in front of you today is because God is merciful. Amen. God was able to, to look beyond my fault, as the song says, and he saw my need. But I had to submit myself to him. I had to let the new birth experience become activated in my life. Paul uh, Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We can't Burger King our salvation. It must be God's way. It can't be my way. And Jezebel was trying to do it her way. She missed out on her window of opportunity. First Samuel chapter 19 verses 11 through 12 uh, tells us of another window. Amen. In this case, there was a man by the name of David who... Uh, uh, because of God's favor on his life. How many know that because when God begins to bless you, some people won't like you? <laughs> Amen. You got God's favor on your life, God's blessings on your life, and all of a sudden people don't like you. When you both were doping it up, you, you, you were cool. Everything was great. When you both were in trouble, everything is all right. But you decided, you know what, I'm going to give my life to God. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to let God do something in me. And you start making that, that 180 change and God begins to, amen, lift you up and turn you around and change your mind and change your talk and change your walk. Amen. The Holy Ghost begins to, amen, make a different person, a new creature. All things pass away and behold, all things become new. And all of a sudden, people don't like you anymore. <laughs> oh, and so this man by the name of David found himself in this situation because God's favor was on his life. There was a man by the name of Saul that did not like him. So the Bible says in 1 Samuel 19, 11, and Saul also sent messengers unto David's house to watch him. I, I, I'm seeing you. And to slay him in the morning and Michael David's wife now understand Michael is not what you think today this is a female alright it still is male female praise God okay I know it says Michael but it's not okay pray, Okay, just want to make sure we're clear we, things we didn't have to clear up before we have to clear up now so anyways Michael David's wife who was a female told him saying if thou save not thy life tonight, tomorrow thou shalt be slain. So Michael let David down through a window, and he went and fled and escaped. Thank God, amen, for this woman by the name of Michael who saw David's need and realized, I'm going to help him. And his window of opportunity became a window of mercy. Amen. Michael had mercy. She didn't want to see her husband killed. Amen. Some wives say, oh, man, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> okay. Anyways, Michael said, I don't want my husband to die. So she gave him a way out. 
I want to say that it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing that when you and I are, are, are seeing that somebody is, is about to, to make a mistake or someone's about to, to make a bad decision, that we intervene. And we say, okay, you know what? I, I, I know what you're thinking and what you're trying to do, but you're, uh, this is not going to work out the way you think it is. And so I, I want to give you a way of escape. And so Michael showed mercy at the window. Praise God. But the odd thing is, is that this same person, Michael, later on in life, had a different attitude at the window. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 13 through 16, re uh, reminds us how David danced before the Lord with all of his might, as some of us were doing here tonight, worshiping God and praising him. And he didn't care who was looking at him. He didn't care who was behind him or in front of him. He said, I got to praise and I got to let it out. And every six steps, he began to worship God and praise God. He said, let's stop the procession. Let's give God glory. And that's exactly what was happening. And Michael went to the window and she saw her husband. The Bible says she despised him in her heart. She despised him in her heart. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 20. Then David returned to bless his house. So David came home. Amen. Huh? After worshiping God and his hair was all messed up and, and his clothes were all sideways. And he comes inside and he's coming home to bless his house. He's coming home to bless his wife and to bless his children. And he's excited because what God is doing. And it's just like some of us when God begin to deal with us. And we're, we leave church on Sunday night and we go home and maybe we have unsaved family. And we tell them, hey, God did a great thing in church tonight. But instead of them, instead of them receiving us happy and joyful, they said, I liked it better when you were on meth. It's amazing how that happens. I liked it better when you were all messed up. Michael had despised David in her heart. And she said, you know what? What you were doing out there, you were just acting like a commoner. You were just uh, uh, behaving yourself. Uh, amen. Shamelessly. And uh, I, I, I don't appreciate that. But verse 21 says, and David said to Michael, it was before the Lord. Everything we do here in God's house, we're not doing it to please anybody else. We just come to please almighty God. And the Bible says, amen, we can praise him in the dance. The Bible says, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. The Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. And so he is a way maker. I'm going to give him glory. Amen. So David said, I was doing it before the Lord. I wasn't doing it to please you. Amen. He chose me. And so I just wanted to give him glory. And so unfortunately, amen, Michael became a cynic at her open window. The Bible says from that point forward, she never was able to have children. I don't want to be barren because of a wrong attitude. I don't want to become, amen, held back because I don't have the right attitude when it comes to my praise and worship to God. I don't have the right attitude when it comes to my dealings with my brother or my sister. That I have a, a, a cynical attitude like uh, the man that said, if God opened the window of heaven, can these things be? And the, and the prophet said, I mean, you will see it, but you will not partake. I don't just want to be an observer. I want to be a participant. 
Oh. The song said, Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. I want to be a part of what God is doing. I want to be in the middle of what the Holy Ghost is doing. I want to be a part of the move of God. Amen. So, all of this being said is that we understand there are windows, moments of opportunity. Which leads me to my point. That was the introduction. <laughs> Joshua chapter 2, verse number 1. Bible says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab, and lodged there. Now, that's always bothered me. I don't know about you, but that's, that, that right there has always bothered me. These are men of God doing the work of God. And somehow they got sidetracked. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, uh, so your assignment was to go spy out the land, and y'all ended up where? <laughs> In a brothel? <laughs> How did that happen? And I was, I've been puzzled. I said, God, how, how, did this, how did this happen? Like, how was that okay? Uh, and so I feel like as I, because uh, I was really confused. I, I prayed, God, please give me some understanding here. And I, I believe that the, the answer is very clear. These men were spies. They couldn't go to the governor's house. They couldn't go to the chief of police. They couldn't go to any other citizen, but there was one place that was open. And they didn't care who you were. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> okay. You got it? Connect the dots? Okay, here we go. So these guys show up at Rahab's. And verse number two says, and it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. So these men are in Rahab's house, and the king finds out about it. They're from Israel. They're here. So now there's a situation. There is a, a stirring happening in Jericho. These men's lives are in danger. And so Rahab has them in the house. So when verse 3 says, And the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. But the woman had taken the two men and hid them, and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. This is very interesting to me, because Rahab's response here to the king, the king of Jericho, the king of her people, was she chose to lie to him. She chose to, uh, to deceive him because she had recognized these two men from Israel. Rahab chose to deceive the king of Jericho, her people, because she understood this, this is my window of opportunity. I've lived in Jericho. I was born and raised in Jericho. 
and people only look at me as an object and not as a subject. People always look to take from me and always to look to abuse me. And I'm tired of this life that I'm living. And I recognize that this is my opportunity to make a change. I don't want to continue to do what I'm doing. I don't want to continue to live the way that I'm living. And I refuse to die in this circumstance. So I will take advantage of my window of opportunity. So Rahab makes some, makes some decisions here. She uh, sent them off and they're going looking and trying to find and then she says, you know what, i got to talk to these guys. And the Bible says, amen, that uh, before they went to, to go to bed, amen, verse number 8, and before they were laid down, she came up unto, uh, unto them upon the roof. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. In other words, I know who you are. Amen. I know who you guys are. I know what's going to happen. Amen. We've heard about what God has done uh, with you and through you. And, and we understand, amen, that now you, you guys have come here. And for we heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you, uh, when you came out of Egypt. And, we did, uh, and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sion and Gog, and whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is the God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. May I tell Bethel Church, amen, that in, in spite of what the enemy tries to tell you, he knows that you are the church and he realizes one thing, that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church and the church's obligation, the church's assignment, the church's responsibility is to see every meth house closed. Amen, to see, amen, everybody, amen, that is lost, amen, that they might be found. You know how we do it? We don't do it by protesting. And we don't do it by, amen, canvassing. Oh, but we do it by letting our light so shine that men can see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. Amen. We do it by being a witness. Amen. In here and out there. We do it by saying, oh, amen, I want you to come to church because God moves at Bethel Church. Bethlehem Church has to become, amen, a staple in this community. Amen, that's because there are witnesses. Rahab heard about what was going on before these men even opened their mouth. Because there was a witness. Something, amen, uh, it came to us. We understand what God is doing. We understand what God has already done. We know what our fate is. And the beautiful thing he said, because, she said, because of you. I want to tell Bethlehem Church, realize, amen, God opens doors and God blesses and God gets granted you authority and dominion. And you have to understand that, amen, that these things that God has opened up, I don't have to be bashful about it. I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to uh, think that, well, I, I can't do it. Who am I? 
Amen. It's great for us to be humble. We must, we must be humble. But we must understand, amen, that what we do, we do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have authority in Jesus' name to pray over the sick and they will recover. Amen. We have authority in Jesus' name to cast out devils. We have authority in Jesus' name. Amen. To, to be able to share the word and let revelation and understanding come. You don't have to be a great theologian. All you have to have, amen, is the spirit of God and the word of God. And God will use you in great ways. Amen. Be disciples and make disciples. I love it. That's awesome. So Rahab realizes these things. This is my window of opportunity. She recognized her open window. She recognized this is my chance. And so now that this window is open, she says, I'm going to take full advantage. And we hear a prayer request from this woman. Rahab has a prayer request. I don't know what's in these jars, but I'm assuming they're prayer requests. I don't know. Back, my God. Man, I'm telling you what. I believe God's going to do it. Amen. God is going to do it. There are many people that are out there. They realize, you know what? I made a mistake. I'm miserable. Amen. My place is in Bethlehem Church. Amen. And we got room for you here. I said there's room. There is room for you here. If you're listening online, amen, don't hesitate. Don't wait. Come to church. There's room for you here at Bethlehem. My God. Here it is. She has a petition. Verse number 12. The Bible says, now, therefore, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord. Since I have showed you kindness that ye will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token and that ye may save alive. See, her prayer request wasn't about, oh, I, you know, man, I want that Mercedes Benz. Her prayer request wasn't, you know what, I'd love to have that Louis Vuitton purse. Her prayer request didn't have nothing to do with, amen, lands and houses. Her prayer request was, I want to see my family saved. I want you to save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. Rahab said, this is my opportunity, and I have one prayer request. I want my family to be saved. I wonder how many of us here at Bethlehem Church say, I want my family to be saved. I want my father and my mother and my brothers and my sisters and my aunts and my uncles and my cousins and my in-laws. I want my family to be saved. She says, I, I, need you to, I need you to help me. I need my family to be saved. And so, as she shares this prayer request, the men give her an answer. The Bible tells us in the, verse number 14, and the men answered her, our life for yours. If ye utter not this our business, and it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. So the Bible says this, then she led them down by a cord 
through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. So Rahab says, okay, guys, I'm going to let you down. So she lets them down through the window. Bible says that this happens. And um, in verse number uh, 17, and the men said unto her, we will be blameless of this thine oath, which thou hast made us. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which uh, thou didst let us down by, and thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. So, this open window, and this prayer request, and now we see this window is set apart. This window is not like every other window in the wall. This window is different from every other window in Jericho. This window has a scarlet line in it. This window has a distinction. May I tell us tonight, amen, that we are not holy because we're better. We're not holy because we're better. We're holy because he's holy. I'm, I can't be holy without the Holy Ghost. I said I can't be holy without the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost that makes us holy. And holy is set apart. I am set apart for the purpose and the plan of God. This church is set apart. You as individuals that make up the church are set apart. And there is a difference in our life. People see a distinction. We're not like every other window. Amen. There is a difference in our life. We have been set apart. I want to encourage somebody here tonight. Amen. Don't ever feel bad because your window looks different from other windows. But say, God, my window looks this way because in my window there is salvation. My window looks this way because in my window there is hope. My window looks this way because in my window there is peace and there is joy and there is life. We are set apart. She said, you have to make sure that there's this distinction. Verse number 21. Verse 21 says, and she said, according to your words, so be it. And she went, or she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window. There was a commitment. There was a commitment. You know, those of us that are married, we understand that you don't always feel married. Okay. Maybe I made it to the love boat. I don't know. <laughs> you don't always feel married. But praise God. Amen. We made, a, we made a choice, a commitment. We said until death, do us part. <laughs> I 
Now, let, let me, I know we feel like that's a long time, and it, it is kind of long. But when you're baptized in Jesus' name, there is no separation because death cannot separate. Amen. Even though death comes, amen, that baptism in the name of Jesus goes beyond death. Amen. It is eternal. It is everlasting. Hallelujah. Thank God for the commitment. Amen. I, I don't want to get into a marriage seminar. Praise God. We'll, do, we'll let your pastor handle that at another time. But I want to say, amen, we need to be a people of commitment. In a society that doesn't want to sign contracts for anything. That's why we use cricket. No contract. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. No, no, no commitment, no contract. And we love that. Well, no contract? Okay, yeah, I'm interested. But there needs to be a commitment. As a people of God, we understand that we have, we have made a commitment. She had made a commitment. I will keep this scarlet cord in my window. Here it is. Now that this commitment is made, she understands one thing. I have to do something. I am a disciple, but now I have to make disciples. Can you see Rahab, once these men leave, she now has to take the journey. When, they, when the other guys come knocking on the door, hey Rahab, what's up? Open up, no, uh, closed. <laughs> Out of business. We're done. Amen. This is no longer, amen, the place you thought it used to be. Amen. We closed shop. We're doing something different now. Amen. We're not selling our body. But now, amen, we have entered into a covenant. We've entered into a commitment. And this is now a house of salvation. Rahab said, no, 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 no. Amen. Now, if you come in, it's because you want to be saved. So now Rahab has to go, and she has to go find her dad. I can, I can just, in my mind, just my mind, Rahab going to her dad's house. Rahab knocks at the door. Of course, mom comes to the door. She opens up the door. She sees Rahab. What are you doing here? I, I need to speak to you and dad. You know your dad doesn't want you. He said, don't ever come back here again. You know, you put our, our family through shame and all this stuff. You, I know, Mom, I understand. I'm sorry. No, you always say that. Amen. Who's at the door? Uh, uh, you better go, go, go. No, I got I to gotta talk to that. No, you better go. Who's at the door? He gets out of his lazy boy, and he sees through the crack. He sees this Rahab. I thought I told Dad, I know, I know, I know you told me not to come back, but look, I need to tell you something. No, I'm not giving you any more money. No, no, I don't want your money, Dad. I need to tell you something. No, I'm I told no. Just listen to me. She begins to plead. Two men came. Amen. Jericho is about to be destroyed. And the only place of salvation is in my house. Amen. I'm no longer doing what I used to do. And I apologize. I, I'm sorry for what I've done wrong. And I'm sorry for dragging your name through the mud. But I want you to know that I want you to be saved. And I want mama to be saved. you got to come to my house. There's only salvation at my house. Let me tell you what repentance does. When we repent, we make things right with other people. Sometimes we make some bad choices. 
We throw some people under the bus. We kick them in the mouth and all kind of stuff. But when you come to God, amen, we, we repent. Okay, God, I messed up. I need to make this right. Rahab said, I need to make this right. Why? Because I want my family to be saved. And now I'm seeing Rahab. Him and mom and dad in tow. And they're heading to Rahab's house. And, and all of a sudden, her sister looks out the window. And she says, hey, mom and dad, where are you going? Why are you with Rahab? Oh, Rahab has some good news. Oh, you guys are believing her again? You know she's just a liar? Oh, no, no, no. And Rahab says, I understand. I know. Amen. I messed up. But I want you to know right now that you need to come to my house. I want you to come and bring your kids and bring your husband. Amen. Because there's salvation at my house. And so Rahab reaches out to her sister and reaches out to her brothers. And all of a sudden, Rahab's house is full. Amen. And at, at, at Rahab's house, they're no longer, amen, doing the things they used to do. Now they're, they're teaching the word of God. Now at Rahab's house, amen, they're saying here, oh Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And there is one Lord. There is one faith. And there is one baptism. And there is one God at Rahab's house. They're talking about the importance of repentance. Amen. And remission of sins. There are some things changing and happening at Rahab's house. So all of a sudden, the house is full. Amen. And they're all there. And they're trusting and they're waiting. You have to imagine, amen, from chapter 2 all the way to chapter 6. I don't know how long it was. I don't know how many days, weeks. I don't know. But it was, it was a space of time that they're all in Rahab's house understanding we cannot leave. Now, I know some of us have been living for God for a long time. And you heard when you came to church, the Lord's coming soon. And some new, some of us new, newcomers, amen, we just started living for God, and we're hearing the Lord is coming soon. And somebody might say, well, if he's coming soon, when is he going to get here? It's been a long time. Amen. But the good news is this. Amen. Whenever he decides, amen, to blow the, the trumpet, whenever he decides to show up, all I have to do is make sure I stay in the house. I want to tell everybody under the sound of my voice, stay in the house. Don't leave the church. Don't leave the church. The blessing is in the house. Salvation is in the house. You've got to stay in the house. As the musicians come. Here we go. Rahab's house. Amen. Has her family in, and they're all in there and they're waiting. And I'm sure they're praying and I'm sure they're reaching out to other family members. Amen. You got to come on. You need to come to, to my house. Amen. There's, there's a difference in this house. And so the Bible says in Joshua chapter 6 and verse number 17, and the city shall be accursed. This is what uh, this is what Joshua is telling the people. The city of Jericho shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein to the Lord. Only Rahab, the harlot, shall live. She and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. Rahab and everybody that's in her house. Uh, you can look beside you. Is there room for somebody else in that pew? 
Is there room for somebody else? Amen. What we got to do, we got to fill up the house. Amen. There's room. Everybody that can make it in the house. Amen. So they might be saved. We need to make sure the house is full. I'm looking for the day, amen, that people show up to the parking lot. Amen, there's not a parking space and it looks full, but hey, thank God, amen, for some friends that say, if we can't get through the door, we're going to open up the roof. We need to get in the house. Why? Because Jesus is in the house. Hallelujah. And so, and so, this is what we see here. Amen, there, there, there is a, they're the importance of staying in the house. In verse 22, the Bible says, But Joshua had said unto them, Two men that had spied out the country, go into this harlot's house and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath, as ye swear unto her. And verse 23 says this, Because revival is at your window of opportunity. I I feel it in the Holy Ghost. There's revival at an open window right now. Amen. Amen. There's revival at your window of opportunity. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. Salvation wasn't just for Rahab, but salvation was for Rahab's, amen, mother and father, brothers and sisters, and all of her family. She just started off with the immediate family, but I, I have a feeling that Rahab began to share the, spread the news and say, hey, come into my house. I believe they had to do some remodeling. I don't know how many of you can see it here, but I, I, I believe in God. They're going to be, gonna have to do some remodeling. We need more space. We need more room. Amen. We need, we're filling up the house. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Verse 25 says, and Joshua saved Rahab. Now understand, Rahab is without the camp of Israel. Joshua saved Rahab, the harlot alive in her father's house and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day. So she was outside of the camp, but now it says... In verse 25, that she dwelleth in Israel. When I first came to church, I didn't know nothing about wearing ties. I, matter of fact, someone gave me my first tie, and I wore my tie for every service. I didn't know you had to change them out. I thought, you know what I mean? I wore that tie every single, for months. Same tie, praise God. Ketchup stains and all the praise God. Got my tie on. <laughs> I didn't know you were supposed to swap them out. I didn't know anything about any of this stuff, but I I was so happy, amen, to be a part of the church. I was so excited, amen, that I was a part of the church. And so at the beginning, I was like, I was on the outside looking in, but then I became a part of my father's house. (laughs) And I became a a son and a joint heir with Christ. I want you to hear me tonight. God has no stepchildren. I said, God has no stepchildren. I said, God has no stepchildren. You are a child of God. I said, you are a child of God. And you've been born again of the water and of the spirit. Amen. And God has no stepchildren. Amen. So Rahab started on the outside, but now she's on the inside. Amen. And this this is what gets me excited. Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 5. My goodness. 
this woman that was a prostitute. No one could care anything about her or her feelings or, or any of that. They just wanted to use and abuse and mistreat her. But now this woman, Matthew chapter 1, verse number 5, which speaks of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. So I want you to understand that when you take advantage of your window opportunity, there are eternal blessings. There are eternal blessings at that window. And Solomon, or Solomon, I don't, I don't think it's Salmon, but anyways, amen, begat Boaz of Rahab or Rahab. And Boaz begot Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. So now, my goodness, so this, this guy, he married Rahab. Imagine that. Imagine, my goodness. And so then, then now, Rahab has a, a, a kid by the name of Boaz. Now, we, we know about Boaz because Boaz is the guy that married Ruth. Why was it that Boaz was opening to Mary Ruth? Because he realized, you know what? My mother also had an experience that she wasn't a part, but thank God she was grafted in. I want to tell you here today, amen, thank God he grafts us in. Amen. He grafts us into the vine. We become the Israel of God. We are the seed of Abraham. We have precious promises because now we are part of the church. And so Rahab, Rahab, amen, now sees her son, amen, and now uh, her grandson and uh, her great-grandson, David, a man after God's own heart. My goodness. And then we see later on in history, she didn't see it. She wasn't, she wasn't aware of it, but now you and I have the privilege to see that just because of her taking advantage of her window of opportunity, Jesus is born. Ooh, hallelujah. I want you to know that there's salvation at your window of opportunity. Amen. God wants to do great things through you, for you, and by you. Hebrews 11.30. I mean, the Bible says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. And by faith, the harlot Rahab perished not. You don't have to die. I will live. I will not die. I will not. There's an open window today. There's an open window tonight. I want to know how many are willing to say, God, amen, whatever you want to do with me, through me, amen, for me, I am available. I am committed. I know, amen, it might be inconvenient, but it's okay. This is my window of opportunity. Pastor, what do I have to do? I'm willing. Amen. Where do I have to go? I'm willing. I want to be saved and I want my family to be saved. I wonder if we can gather around the front here. I don't know. There's so many names here. My goodness. Wow. But I wonder if we could pray over these souls. My, my, my. Let's say, God, we're believing you. We're believing you. We're believing you, God. Amen. Because we are, amen, a window set apart. And we're believing you that in the midst of whatever they find themselves in, whatever, whatever problem, whatever addiction, whatever, amen, fallacy there, whatever they go to God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that they'll find their way back to your house. I pray that they'll, I pray they'll find their way back into.
to the house, amen, of salvation, the house, amen, of reconciliation, the house, amen, where they can be restored, where they can be renewed, where they can be revived. Maybe there's somebody here tonight, amen, that you haven't made a decision yet. You haven't made a, made up in your mind yet. I don't know if I want to commit. I want to encourage you. Amen. Go ahead. Amen. Let the, let the scarlet cord hang in your window. Amen. Let the scarlet cord hang in your window. Why? Because it's your window of opportunity. And now that it's open, amen, don't fall out of it. Don't get pushed out of it. Don't be cynical at it. But say, God, I want you to do whatever you want to do in my life. I give myself wholly and completely to you. Come on, church. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Once you start calling some names. Oh God. Amen. Touch your heart. Touch your life. If you're online. Amen. And you're close by the church. I, I just encourage, I challenge you. Get in your car. Get in your truck. Amen. And come over to the church. There is room for you. I said there is room for you. At Bethlehem Church, God's not through with you. I said God's not through with you. Amen. Come into the Father's house. That's it, church. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We're going to believe some walls to come down in the spirit. We're going to believe in the name of Jesus. Some confusion to be eradicated. In the name of Jesus. Some bitterness to be healed in some hearts and minds tonight. There's room for you at Bethlehem Church. Come into the house. and pray. Amen. There's an open window of opportunity for somebody here right now. Come on, help me pray. There's somebody here. They want what we're doing right now so bad. They want it back. You can have it back. This is your moment. This is your day. This is your time. This is it. God brought you here for this moment to let you know that this is your time. Oh, yes. Somebody's stepping into a brand new place. 
Somebody's got a window for a fresh anointing right now. Somebody's got a window of opportunity to step into a new life, to leave that old reputation behind, to leave all those mistakes and all that failure and all that stuff in the past and step right on in to the lineage of Jesus Christ. Why don't you reach over and pray for somebody close to you? Somebody's at their moment. Somebody's at their time for a breakthrough. Oh, yeah, this is your time. This is your hour. This is your moment. This is your day. on and pray. Somebody ought to be baptized in Jesus' name tonight. Somebody ought to lift their hands and say, God, baptize me with the Holy Ghost tonight. Somebody ought to say, God, pour a fresh anointing on my life tonight. Oh, God, save my family. A mom and dad ought to cry out, God, save my family. and I went back and I looked in the Bible because I wanted to double check that what I was thinking was accurate. The Bible said that Rahab's house was on the town wall. Right? That's what it said, that her house was on the town wall. And she's got... A whole nation marching around that wall. And God said, when you shout, I'm bringing those walls down. But God had made a promise to a prostitute that decided it was time to change her life. And when God said, I said I'd bring those walls down, but there's one sex in a wall I got to leave alone because I made a promise to somebody that made a commitment to turn their family around. And so while she's in her house and Israel starts shouting, those walls begin to crack. And to the right they fall. And to the left they fall. But where her house was. Whatever you gotta do to save your family is gonna be worth it. 
do, it's going to be worth it. There's a window of opportunity for this church and this community. This world may fall down. This economy may fall down. Our political system may fall down. Our, fi our financial structure may fall down. But God has made a promise to His people. There's going to be revival in the end time. There's a window. There's a window for our schools. There's a window for our neighborhoods. There's a window for our families. There's a window for our workplaces. There's a window. You are the window. Hey, I feel like you ought to take somebody by the hand or by the arm. You ought to shout a little bit or talk in tongues or do something. We got a promise tonight. We got a word from God tonight. Those of you that are praying, just keep praying. But those of you that aren't, I have been thinking about this since he started preaching his when he said the name of his message your window of opportunity this place right here when you enter in you were absolutely in your window of opportunity this place is your window of opportunity if you're not here then you're not in the right place but if you are here I want you to step out of your comfort zone and I want you to come up here and I want you to claim your window of opportunity because you can't get it unless you're in this place you can't get it unless you are ready God can't do it unless you are ready and you raise your hands and say God give me my window of opportunity because I'm, I'm ready for you God I'm ready and he will make a way for your window of opportunity no matter what you're going through he will make it Thank the Lord. Let's praise Him. Let's worship Him. Let's glorify the name of the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. I feel like going out with a shout tonight. I feel like I got a promise from God.
church tonight. Amen. If you're here and you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to take advantage of your window of opportunity tonight. You don't need to leave this place without being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It's your window of opportunity. 715 Wednesday night, Dr. Jeremy Lang is going to be teaching again. Amen. Why don't we give the Lord, before we go, why don't we just give the Lord one more good, hard hand clap and a loud shout to let him know we received what we heard.